0: On on song there, so you guys really just, so thank you. We love you guys. You really did great. Amen. So thank you for that. Amen. So so here we go. So I'm going to start a series this morning on the end time church. And um, I know uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. And um, what I'm going to teach you is not new. Well, for some of you, it will be absolutely new. But over the next four weeks, and I'm going to add a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of what the doctrine we believe concerning the end times, is called eschatology, the end time doctrine. And it's been around for a hundred years. Pentecostals have actually believed this for a hundred years plus, and have spoken about this for many, many years. And I remember as a young Christian, we would often talk about these things and speak about them. And actually, have great arguments at Bible school, and even at the church I was at, we were always talking. We were talking about these things, and so this is not new. Although there may be slight variations of what people believe, and over the next few weeks, I am going to just unpack. I mean, this could take months and months and months. And there is also our Bible school, which is happening uh, doing the Book of Revelation. So you don't want to miss it. You can still go there. And uh, you know, the, the thing about the thing about the end times is that not up, not up until 2020 and 21 did we ever think that this was possible in our lifetime. That what we have believed, and some of you have not known what we have believed, and we'll unpack that over the next while. So this is not a drive-through teaching, right? It's not a Maccas teaching, Right? It's not a takeaway, a takeout take coffee from masbahs. This is something that you have to really get into and understand. And hopefully we can unpack a lot of those things and help you and teach you on that. But not until 2020 and 2021 did we ever think that this was possible. But it's really possible. It really is possible. And although there's not one prophecy that needs to come to pass for the Lord Jesus to return and the rapture of the church to take place. So what is the rapture? It's the great snatch in a way. It's not a word you will find in the Bible, but we'll look at that in the next few weeks. But the truth is this, that if, if you understand politics in these days, and I, I suggest that if you're really serious about the Word of God, you really begin to understand politics as well. And you understand geopolitics you understand what's happening around the world? Not to become suspicious and fearful. Because when you do, when you look at the end times, it's anything but for the church. It's anything but fearful. Anything but conspiracy. Anything but. And I I could go for hours and hours and hours and unpack the conspiracies that are taking place in the nations. That are propagated by mainstream media. In actual fact, I saw one last night. I saw last night uh, after I got home at about, so at about 20 past 10, I just checked the news out. We just checked what was happening around Australia. And you know, there were demonstrations around Australia. I think in, uh, in Melbourne, there were probably 30,000 people out uh, uh, making a stand. There were people out in New South Wales. And irrespective of what you think, irrespective of what mainstream media has shoved down your throat, they showed a picture of a, of a guy punching a horse, like that. And the news anchor stood there and said, he said, this is a picture of a man doing this brutality on a horse, you know, because it hurts our feelings. We can abort babies, but don't touch an animal, right? It's how our thinking has been so distorted. But anyway, they showed the picture and they said, we don't know who this man is, but no doubt some of the viewers will know who this person is and we ask you to sort him out. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I thought, wow. And this morning I had a look and then the truth comes out. In actual fact, the man, you see the video, is actually doing a back pedal and pushing the horse away from him. You see, that's propaganda. And our people's minds have been swayed by the God of this age because the Bible calls Satan the God of the system. And so that's why we have to be... uh, average students of the Word of God, and we need to understand what is going on in the world. It's no longer good enough for a Christian to say, well, I just ignore these things. No, you cannot just ignore these things, brother and sister. If you really want to prepare yourself and not to become involved in conspiracies, rather send the Word of God around more than you do anything else. Amen. Come on, preach the Word of God, because the Word of God already tells us The Word of God has been telling us from Genesis, and specifically the book of Daniel in the Old Testament tells us long before anything ever happened of every major world empire that would exist until the current empire, until the current system, it reveals that, it gives you the picture. The book of Revelation teaches us that the great player in these days will be Gog, the bear, the bear. You know who the bear is? In a nation, amen, sort it out. We know who it is. And so we need to understand what is happening. Without becoming fearful and without becoming a, a people who, who focus on that. Because ultimately, this whole thing, the whole book of Revelations and, and and the whole study of the end times, as my wife so aptly put it on Tuesday, should lead us into hope and holiness. Because 1 John chapter 3 says, He who has this hope within him purifies himself as he is pure. So when you understand what God has for us, when you understand what the church is all about, then you understand. We have hope. And because we have hope, we purify ourselves. We become more like Jesus. Because the only way that you will ever stand against the system is if you are more like Jesus. Jesus amen amen come on it's the only way come on and so so the important thing today I want to lay a foundation of what it is and it's important we lay a foundation of who we are and what the church is about and next week I'm going to talk about a little bit about the antichrist what he will do how he will step in and the climate in which he will step in making it possible for people to receive the mark of the beast because this climate is already here but we're going to look a little bit more in depth into it. Very important. So that you don't become uh, swayed by mainstream media. Because let me just tell you one thing, they lie consistently. Oh, it's very, very quiet. Why? Why? Because they are not speaking on behalf of God. Amen? And so... We have to be aware of certain things. And let me just say, this is a warning to to people here and those who are watching, that this will mess with your politics. It will mess with your, uh, you know, every generation. I'm listening to a really good podcast uh, by John Anderson and and doing an interview. And uh, the the, the guy, uh, one of the guys he's interviewing says that every generation believes that the way they think is the only way to think. Amen. So this will mess with a lot of things that you have really believed. Amen. It will mess with your fear and your paranoia. Because besides people believing uh, the, the lies of the mainstream media, let me just say as well, on the other side, in the church circles, there's a lot of paranoia extreme amount that suddenly people are are, are theologians like never before Mm? and so We need to understand this because we need to grow our faith in how to deal with the devil. We need to do that. So we look at the the Antichrist. Is he here? We look at the rapture. We look at the second coming of Christ. We look at the mark of the beast. We look at climate change politics. I'm going to show you a little thing now in a short while. We'll look at the prostitute church because that is important. Because very little of these things can survive in the world if it's not for the church. So ideologies that are false cannot survive in a nation unless the church agrees to it. I come from a nation where that was the reality. And so will the church go through the rapture? Will the church, uh, will we go through the tribulation? Well, what is the tribulation or will you catch the rapture bus? What, What is it? Amen. There's a, there's a thing called pre-trip, mid-trip, and post-trip. All right. I'll tell you what I believe when uh, in the next few weeks. But this is about the church this morning. Because if you don't understand the church... You will not understand anything that is going to happen because you will live in fear and insecurity and paranoia for the rest of your days. And that's not the way that God has wanted us to live. God wants us to live in victory. God wants us to live victoriously. God wants us to live in a way that we reach the last and we win the lost at any cost. And we understand that we have the only message of hope in the world. Only the church has got that. We have the message of hope. Somebody say amen. We have the message of overcoming. We have the message Message. Amen. So I, I saw this little clip and an advert of uh, of a uh, of a uh, uh, just dim the lights. Let's watch the. Uh, I want to show you the difference. What the church is about. Let's watch that clip.
1: Again, this is the USS Montana requesting that you immediately divert your course fifteen degrees to the north to avoid a collision. Over. Please divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid collision. This is Captain Hancock. You will divert your course. Over. Negative, Captain. I'm not moving anything. Change your course. Over. So, this is the USS Montana, the second largest vessel in the North Atlantic Fleet. You will change course 15 degrees north, or I will be forced to take measures to ensure the safety of this ship. Over. This is a lighthouse, mate. It's your call. Hello? Captain? I think he's
0: gone. So why do I show you that? Because I want you to understand who the church is. Because the church for too long has been so afraid of the system, so afraid of the devil, that we've elevated the devil to a point of a place that we are backing down all the time and we don't understand the authority that we have as the church. We are exactly like the lighthouse. We are not budging. Jesus is not budging. Jesus is not going to stop. Jesus is not going to heal for any single person and neither will His church. Amen. You know, the truth is that the devil operates by stealth and deception. And and Jesus said uh, concerning the end times, when, when His disciples asked Him, what are the signs concerning the end of the age? The first thing Jesus says concerning the signs of the end days is number one, let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you. Let no one rob you. Let no one steal your goods. The word, uh, uh, we know the devil is a, a thief. He's a kleptomaniac. He will steal that which is yours all the time. And so let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. And I want you to read this because I want you to understand how the Bible sees the devil. So it says here, this is the fall of Satan. He says, For you said in your heart, I will ascend into the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation of the further sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. I want you to understand this is the devil. When he fell, he said, I will ascend above the stars of the most high. Now the book of Revelation tells us that he has the stars in his hand. The devil cannot ascend above God. And that has always been his thing. It's what he wants to do in the world today and he says this but he says yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit and that's exactly what what is happening so the devil was cast down the Bible the Bible says Jesus said I saw the devil cast down as lightning so when the devil fell On the earth, there was great devastation because the Bible says that the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the earth. So when God cast the devil out with a third of the angels, it caused massive destruction on the earth. That's why God created the earth again. Amen. That's a whole nother story. But verse 16 of that passage says that those who see you, if it's too hot, you can put the aircons off. It says those who see you will gaze at you. So when the devil that says, those who see you will gaze at you and they will say this, and consider you saying, is this the man or the one who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms? So the Bible is telling us on that day, we will look at the devil and say, is this the one? In utter disbelief that we've allowed the devil to dominate our thinking when in fact Jesus has overcome the devil for us, amen, that the church is victorious, amen. And so the truth is this, that when we realize the capacity of the devil versus the capacity of the church in Christ, we will be shocked. But I believe that God is waking his church up in these days. And we need to rise up because we've resisted God for too long and submitted submitted to the devil. So, how does the devil rule? What is happening in the world today? Well, fear. 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 The one weapon Satan has against people is fear. Fear. Let's look at Revelation 21, verse 6. And he says, And he said to me, It is done. Say, so, It is done. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. This is Jesus speaking. And I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Verse 7 says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Verse 8 says, And this is the issue here, because this is what we're going to deal with this morning. It says, But he, but the the cowardly, the, the what? The cowardly, the fearful, means fearful. The cowardly and unbelieving, abominable murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, which is a lot to do, by the way, sorcery, pharmacia, drugs, etc. It's all involved. It says, idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Have you ever considered that that the Bible says that the cowardly and the, the unbelieving will be cast into the lake of fire? So the strategy of Satan today, throughout the world, using governments, using politicians, using whatever, whoever possible, is to promulgate fear, is to promote fear, to bring fear upon people because if you fear, he can control your thinking. If you get a person to be fearful and unbelieving, that person can control your thinking. And the Bible tells us that the cowardly and the unbelieving will be cast into the lake of fire. Now that seems pretty tough, doesn't it? It seems pretty tough. The cowardly and the unbelieving inheritance is the lake of fire. Why? Why? Have you ever considered why? Because I pondered this this week and I thought, my goodness me, this seems pretty harsh. But I realized this, that you can never trust a fearful person. Never. Because a fearful person will go with the flow whatever is expedient for them. Amen. Fearful people fearful people. If you've ever seen fearful people on the, on the planet, it is today. It's like one of the members said to me, they went for a run early in the morning and, uh, and that time they were supposed to have their masks and, and, and they never had their mask on. And uh, uh, this is like nobody around in the street and they got accosted by somebody who, who, who came down so heavily upon them because they were not wearing a mask. What do you think that is? Promoting fear. Staying apart keeps us together. Promotion of fear. No, staying apart keeps us staying apart. It does not keep us together. Why is it that there's such an obsession? In these days of nobody to die, yet we can kill uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of babies, yet we can have assisted suicide, yet, yet, yet. Did you know that in the first six months of this year, the first six months from January to to June, and this is found on the Worldometer, which which is a reputable site used by governments around the world. For the first six months of this year, five million people died of cancer alone. You hear about that? So do you understand that the fearful is a strategy of Satan to control the minds of people? Amen? And never before in human history has this been possible on a mass scale like it is today. Never before. Amen? Come on, somebody say amen. Ooh, I know people get, I told you, your, your politics is going to be challenged. And if you're not willing to grow and if you're going to believe, listen, the truth is people are going to believe what they're going to believe. But we have to start believing the Word of God because the Bible says there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. So there's no fear in love. If you're fearing, you do not have the love of God on the inside of you. And we need to bow our knee to Jesus and say, Jesus, fill me with the love of God. Remove this fear from me. Are you with me? Amen. And so you can never trust a fearful person. Uh, God cannot trust a fearful person. Because a fearful person will turn you in at a moment's notice. A fearful person will betray you at a moment's notice because if it's not expedient for them or, 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 or uh, profitable for them, then they will turn you in, they will turn against you and be disloyal to you. People will be disloyal to you for money because they fear they will lose money. That's fear. It's the same thing. Fear operates in so many different ways or, or that they may die. I'll give you the news, uh, we're all gonna die. Amen. So this morning we're going to deal with this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Verse 7 says, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Fear is a spirit. The word spirit, there's pneuma. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. Fear is a devil that God does not give us. He gives us a spirit of power, dynamite, power, love, divine love, and a sound mind. So the love that God gives us is not natural love. It's divine love, agape love that says, I will lay down my life for you. I will lay down my life for Jesus. Come on, that's the, that's the love and a sound mind, which means self-control, which means right thinking. If people don't have right thinking, it's because they're dominated by a devil of fear. Amen. Ooh, hallelujah. Amen. It's very quiet. You thought you thought you're coming to hear, I want to hear about the Antichrist pastor. I want to hear about the mark of the beast. Is, is, is the vaccine the mark of the beast? What, what is it? Who is the Antichrist? Now you'll hear about that. But if we don't deal with this, then everything you hear will bring fear upon you and control your thinking. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. I have a big spoon. I love stirring. Amen. So fear is a spirit which is propagated because the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. And I'm giving time to this because it is important. Amen. So so the truth is that governments around the world uh, are are being being themselves pushed by fear. Perhaps fear of not being elected. Right? Right? To bring one thing about because for the first time in human history, has there been one language? Never before has it been, except before Babel, there was one language and God confused it. But never before in human history has there been one language like there is today, and that language is called the virus. Where governments around the world are thinking exactly the same, they want to take exactly the same actions. It's a language. You can look on social media. People from from Asia to Europe to America, South America, North America, Australasia are all thinking the same way. People are thinking the same about gender. Hello, it's a language. I want you to understand that. Come on. It's a language that has been pushed and pushed and pushed onto populations all around the earth. One language. Amen. Now, it may be a different dialect. It may be uh, Chinese or English or Portuguese or Italian, whatever it may be, But there's one language. Amen. So never before has there been this or has there. And that's what we'll look at next week. Amen. So we're going to see as we look at next week the Antichrist historically, how he's tried to step in many times into the earth. But never before has it been this possible. Amen. Never before. Where governments are talking about the great reset. And yet all we see around the world in leadership, political leadership, is absolute weakness. Caving in, woke. Woke agendas. Huh? Come on. If you think it's not real, then we need to find out what's going on, amen? And the fear and the misinformation called propaganda, propaganda. Let me talk to you about propaganda. I know not so long ago on every news channel, all you heard about was the Indian variant, right? Right? Anybody? You agree? All you heard was the Indian variant. Suddenly it stopped. What happened? In one day, it stopped. What happened? I'm asking this to get you to think. Amen. What happened? Suddenly, are you saying this, this fear that was pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed on every news channel possible, suddenly one day they said nothing? Hmm? <laughs> you hear about it anymore? You see, the point is what I'm trying to tell you is that unless we stay focused on the Word of God, we will be swayed by the system of the world that will sway your thinking. Because we are living in a world that feels they have a right to be happy. It's my right to be happy. And if I'm not happy, it's somebody else's fault. And if it's your fault, I can rage against you and cancel you. It's how the thinking is. All around the world, so the point is, we, we are living in a time of great disinformation. Let me let me show you a clip, it's a two minute clip from 1978, so it may not be that great in, um, in um, quality because you know, in 1978 we just had these like little instant, instantmatic little cameras, that there was no such thing as what we have today. Because we're living in an age of global warming, right? Uh-huh. 1978. I, I mean, I was, I just turned 17. So you're going work out how old I am. No, I'm nearly 60. Okay. So the point is, it seems like the other day. Uh-huh. So what happened? Did the world just suddenly change to global warming in a day? Amen. Let's watch this, lights. In
1: 1977, the worst winter in a century struck the United States. Arctic cold gripped the Midwest for weeks on end. Great blizzards paralyzed cities of the Northeast. One desperate night in Buffalo, eight people froze to death in marooned cars. Pat Bushnell was on the road that night. Traffic just absolutely stopped. I was afraid of being stuck in the car all night long with the uh, cold and the wind running out of gas. And then what? I think that if we had to go through a real bad winter, just like we just went through, I think we'd have to think about moving someplace else. Move where? The brutal Buffalo winter might become common all over the United States. Climate experts believe the next ice age is on its way. According to recent evidence, it could come sooner than anyone had expected. At weather stations in the far north, temperatures have been dropping for 30 years coasts, long free of summer ice, are now blocked year-round. According to some climatologists, within a lifetime, we might be living in the next ice age.
0: Ooh, right? Climate experts say that in your lifetime, you will experience the next ice age. Well, maybe we're going to experience a rain age in Perth. But do you understand? Because if we don't get this as Christians, we will be deceived and knocked off truth and, and so destroyed in our thinking because we believe a lie. The Bible says that God gave them over in the book of Romans to their own lust because they believed a lie. So what happened to, in my lifetime, we're going to experience an ice age where where your children who are in high school and primary school now are taught that that we have only 11 years left because of global warming. Hmm? What happened? What happened? Amen. So I'm just throwing these things. I'm laying a foundation because this is important, because I want to disturb your thinking a bit. Because if I don't disturb your thinking, then then when, when we preach the truth you're always going to resist it. People resist the truth because they have a certain mindset and those mindsets have to be challenged. Jesus never came to keep us in a certain mindset. He came to change our minds. He said, change your mind. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He said, there's another kingdom that is coming. Change the way you think. It's not going to operate the way the world wants it to think. So the kingdom of God is in direct opposition to the kingdoms of man and the kingdoms of this world. And by the way, the kingdoms of this world will eventually have to submit to the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. Come on. And so we have to understand that. So Revelation chapter 12, let's let let's go here. He says, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and uh, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So there's the accuser of the brethren that will come against you all the time, that That's why you've got to get into the Word of God. Know what you believe. Know who you are in Christ. Amen. And verse 11 says, And they overcame Him. Say, they overcame Him. Amen. By what? The blood of the Lamb the word of their testimony and they love not their lives even unto death. Let me tell you brother and sister if you are fearful you will not overcome the devil. If you're afraid of dying you will not overcome the devil. If you're afraid that one day you may lose your life you're never going to overcome the devil because you will live a life of self preservation. Why don't you live your life full out and know that the day I go is the day I go and the day I go God has got me. God has got me. He's with me and that day I go. I'm stepping in to eternity. Therefore, I have no fear. Amen. I have no fear of dying because my God is my source. That's the way we ought to live. And if we don't live like that, we can never overcome the devil. Amen. Come on. Now, now, this is no disrespect. Oh, no! I don't even want to go there now because, uh, uh, <laughs> Amen. Because I have so much going through my head and my heart about this. The truth is, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives even unto death. So, print on the ice, age, Oh, sorry. Oh, global warming. Oh, sorry. Slash this. Slash that. Amen. The variants. There are more variants now than genders. That, that is incredible, right? So Luke, <laughs> it's just a joke, okay? Well, it may not be a joke. Amen. Luke chapter 21, verse 25 and 26. And this is the Lord Jesus speaking. He says, And there will be signs in the sun and in the moon. Watch what's happening. And in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations. Say what? Distress of nations. What are we having now? All of this is paving the way, and I'll get into this next week, for the Antichrist to step in. That's why weak leadership is a pointer. Weak leadership, weak political leadership around the world is an indication that it's getting ready for the Antichrist to step in. So where will you be when he does? Amen. And he says, distress of nations with perplexity and the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts, listen, men's hearts failing them for for what? For fear from the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Amen. I'll tell you what, God is going to step into the church. they're going to step into the world. And I'll tell you, even now, men's hearts are failing them for fear. But as the child of God, fear has no place in us. Amen. Because we love not our lives even unto death. Now do your best, do your part, live healthily, do what you can, eat properly, exercise, do whatever you can to live a healthy life, but let God take care of the rest, amen? Come on, amen? God has the final say, God has the final say. I have so much to say on this. Revelation chapter 17. So let's look at this quickly. The woman, this is now the false church because in the system right now in the world, which is very apparent and has become very apparent in 2020 and 2021, there are two churches. There's the true church, the faithful church who overcomes by the blood of the Lamb. And there's the harlot church, the prostitute church, the church nowadays that is more political than anything else. I mean, all over the world. The church nowadays where there are transgenders for bishops. Now, I, I tell you what, every single person needs to come to repentance. Whatever your persuasion is, whoever you are, needs to come to repentance and become like Christ. Amen. Amen. Every single person. So there's a, there's a harlot church which is around where people are way more political than they are biblical. Way more woke the woke Jesus. right? Don't disturb my feelings. Uh, uh, the woke Jesus will not disturb your feelings, but the real Jesus will smash your feelings, will smash your mindset and deal with it to get you free. Amen, to get us free. So we got to fight for our children. I say to people all the time, we are yet to fight for the next generation. Sometimes they don't understand the intensity that we have and sometimes I have as a leader. But I want to tell you right now, we are fighting for the next generation and we will not back off. And why do I fight? Because I know the church cannot lose. Amen. God's people cannot lose. And I'm willing to give my life for that because I believe in the gospel and I believe in the future generation. And I suggest that we rise up as God's people and pray and seek the face of of God and become stronger than ever before. Amen. If you cannot kind of get out of bed to get to church, then there's a problem. But you want to overcome the Antichrist? Well, Pastor, I can't pray. No, excuse me. Oh, no. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, they offended me at church. Well, okay. <laughs> All right. The pastor said something I didn't like. Okay, we'll help you. Come sit here by me. I'll give you a little hug. Amen. But when you go out there, <laughs> there's somebody's going to kill you. <laughs> Amen. So he says this. It says the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold. And this is the, the 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 harlot church and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And and on her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Let me tell you in these these days, your biggest persecution is not going to come from government. It's going to come from the harlot church, the prostitute church, those who claim to know Jesus, those woke Christians who will not be able to tolerate the, what the Bible says. They're going to be the biggest source of persecution for the church. And that's the truth because the blood of the saints and the martyrs will be on their hands, but God will not shut up and keep quiet forever because there's a day that's coming that God will step in. And God's given us the warning Yeah, what is happening. So don't be surprise. Jesus said that because lawlessness will abound in Matthew 24, many will betray one another. Amen. And so there's a faithful church that says we will not bow to the image. We will not bow to the system. We will not bow to this. And I'm laying the foundation here this morning because this is important. You've got to make up your mind what you believe. You've got to make up your mind who the church is and what Jesus says about the church. Amen. Nothing will stop the true church because Matthew 16, 18 says that I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I say to you, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. This is a church that is courageous. This is a church that is not fearful. This is a church that is bold. This is a church that has no fear. This is a church that's full of love and power and passion and servitude and commitment. This is the church that Jesus is building. He's not building a woke church. He's building a church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's the church that Jesus is building. Well, Pastor, what about if people come and they've got issues? Well, let them come so they can find Jesus. And when they find Jesus, they will change, just like I changed, just like many of you changed. Because Jesus is the only one who can change us. Amen. That identity that people don't know what is happening. I I sat sat and spoke to, we spoke to two teenagers this week and they said in their school, just down the road, your high school, they are being encouraged. Their principals are encouraging them as they're sure, they're encouraging them to experiment with different genders. You think it's not happening? That's why we got to strengthen our people. If it's about your feelings, the devil doesn't care one bit about your feelings. He's after you, He's after your children, He's after their minds, and if He can persuade their minds psychologically, then He can change them and destroy their whole future. But we will not bow to that golden image. We will not bow to that devil. Amen. Come on, because we are the church of the firstborn. Listen what Hebrews 2 says, Hebrews 12 says, and I'm coming to a close now. It says, uh, but you have come to Mount Zion, to a city of, of the living God, the the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable com, uh, company of angels to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God the Judge of all to the spirits of just men made perfect to Jesus the Mediator of the New Covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel so the Bible tells us we are we are coming to this amazing God and it says that we are the church of the firstborn so five things quickly I want to give you and I'm not going to expound on this five five things that we that show us that we are the church of the firstborn. The firstborn always has special rights and privileges. Always Right throughout, from Genesis to Revelations. So number one, the church of the firstborn, the birthright of the church, the birthright of the church, what is ours by birth, the fact is that we are the church of the firstborn, that we are His, that we are born again. Number one, is the, the first birthright is the double portion. God wants to bless you double, 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 double portion. Number two, the rule of kingship, that we are kings and priests unto God. We are called to rule and reign in life by one Christ Jesus. That's the church. We rule over the system. We don't let the system rule over us. Amen. Number three, the prophetic spirit, the sons of Issachar who understood the times. The prophetic spirit understands the times. It's part of the church. That's why sometimes, have you ever wondered why you just like get agitated with the system and it's almost like you feel rebellious? Why? Because you are discerning the times. Number number four, the ministry of priesthood. It's part of our birthright that we minister to God. And number five, the bruiser of the serpent's head. It's the birthright of the church that we will bruise the serpent's head. God gave that promise right in the Garden of Eden that He said, you will bruise the serpent's head. He will bite your heel, but you will bruise the head of the serpent who is the devil. That's the birthright of the church. And if you and I don't understand that, we don't understand anything about the church because we are called to come and create Crush His head like never before in this day and this time. Come on. That's what we're called to do. Um, let's just jump to Romans chapter 16, verse 20. Oh, I, I want to do, there's another long scripture. I don't have time for that now. It says, and ver, Romans 16, verse 20 says, and the God of peace, say the God of peace. You know, peace has to rule in your heart. I've spoken about a lot, lot of things this morning. And I'm just trying to get a foundation because it's like the subject is so wide and there's so much to talk about in this. But it says the God of peace. The God of peace. The God of who? Because when you have the peace, as Patrick said, it's that breath. You know, sometimes just that sigh. And as you breathe out, just that tension goes. The God of peace. <sighs> Have you ever just taken a deep breath? As you breathe out, just like tension goes. That's how God works it. He brings such peace that passes all understanding. Keep it up there. The God of peace will do what? <laughs> will crush Satan under your feet. The bruiser of the serpent's head. Amen. You he will crush the devil under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. And my last scripture for this morning, the bank can come up. This is just foundation because understanding the church, the birthright of the church I'll teach on sometime in the future. The church is not a weak, pathetic thing. We're not just hanging on, that's why we need each other. I said as we closed off Love, South Africa last night, closed off and I said, said people may wonder at the chaos that is happening in South Africa right now, besides a pandemic, besides all these things, is because the church has not met for 18 months. 18 months. People have not gotten together. You know what happens with people when they disassociate from the church? or well, They can no longer meet with their brothers and sisters. They just begin to lose hope just begin to allow fear and everything else to rob them. And we must never forget, never forget, that this which we are doing right now, this, home cells, and those things we get together are a priority in your life. If you don't make it a priority, you think you're going to stand against the Antichrist? You think you're going to stand against the system? I can show you clip after clip after clip to show you how our thinking is swayed. People say nothing. The narrative changes from one week to the next. People say nothing. They just accept it. It's true. How would you have fared in Nazi Germany? How would you have fared? The propaganda said, the Jew is dirty unclean bringing diseases upon our population they've stolen our money and they're anti-Christ that's what they would that's what the German population was told so the Jews were slowly ostracized how would you have fared? The shops were looted. They had to eventually wear a big yellow star. Eventually they were herded into cattle trucks and on the railways and herded into camps and millions were gassed. Did the German population know about it? Yes, they did. There were towns right next to those places, Auschwitz. But you see, for the sake of our our lives, if we love our lives so much that we are willing to see others persecuted and and destroyed and been made second-class citizens, but you're not going to happen if you're sitting in this environment because that's going to be challenged because there's one king we bow to. One, one. We respect all other authorities, but there's one king we're bound to. How would you have fared in Nazi Germany? Or would you have been like a Dieter Bonhoeffer who stood up and was jailed as a Christian? And almost on the last day of the war, they killed him. But he was willing to give his life for what he believed. Will you be willing to give your life for what you believe? Because what you believe, what we believe, determines our values. What we believe determines who we believe. And as I close off, it says, "Let's stand to our feet. Don't move yet. Don't go out. This is important as last time. It'll be a few minutes." It says there is no fear in love. One John four verse eighteen. There is no fear in love. If you have fear right now, then God wants to touch you. There is no fear in love. If you are fearful, even if what I've been preaching has exposed fear in your life, then today God wants to deal with it. You don't have to leave here with fear. You can leave here with faith. You can leave here with a sense of victory. I know who I am in Christ. You can leave here with the peace of God. And the peace of God will allow you to crush the devil under your feet. It says there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment. So when the love of God gets hold of you, it begins to cast out the fear, the torment, because fear involves torment. Torment, if you are fearful, it will torment you. The devil, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 2, holds people captive through fear, the fear of death, the fear of losing, the fear of dying. He holds them captive. It's amazing. It's amazing. But when the love of God gets hold of you, something shifts in your life. You realize, I can trust my Savior. I can trust my God. I can trust Him. I trust Him with my life. I trust Him with my future. I trust Him. It says, He who fears has not been made perfect in love. And so maybe there is fear in your life today. God wants to perfect you in His love. God wants to touch you in His love. God wants to touch you in His love. Come on, just as we sing, just sing. We're going to sing just a, just a few few seconds and I, and I want you, right there we are. God's going to touch you right now. God's going to set people free this morning. God's going to set people free this morning. Oh, we worship you Jesus. Oh, we worship you Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know, while, while we are singing right now, I want to pray for people. Listen, don't worry about the time because this is important. We think, well, you know, like that, but we want to deal with the world. It's not going to happen like that. This has to become a priority, the presence of God. Such a priority. God's presence is here to release people. Amen. So right now we want to break fear. Maybe you've never experienced the love of God like that and just broken the fear in your life. Then we want to pray with you this morning as we sing this. You know that fear has been dominating your life? We're going to break that this morning. Freedom is going to come to people this morning. Fear is a spirit. I'm not saying you have a demon, but the more we submit to it, the more that devil controls us. We're going to break it this morning. Maybe just surrendering your life to Jesus again. Maybe you've never done that. And this morning, God's going to touch you. So, right now, as, as we worship, I'm going to open up the altar this morning. You need that prayer. You say, I've allowed fear, or oh, I'm fearful, but I want the love of God to touch me this morning. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands because I know God needs to touch you this morning. There's a river here, there's a river of joy, there's a river of peace there's a river of love that God wants to touch you on just come.